the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, the man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are tackling FAC 2.1, which Fantasy Flight Games released uh, last week. This is part one of a three-part series. In part one, we're going to take a look at the Chained and Unchained cards. Part two, we'll tackle all of the Mutated cards. And finally, in part three, we'll take a look at uh, other notable additions to the FAQ. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. You all rock. If you'd like to be amazing like these people and support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Coleman Monroe Chitty, Nicole Fiscus, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for their contributions to the channel. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back to the channel, everyone. Uh, we've gotten the gang together to discuss the new FAQ that uh, FFG dropped uh, on the community on, uh, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday. Literally, as I was heading out to play Arkham Horror, it, it I got my deck got tabooed. So uh, we are going to uh, break down the FAQ in uh, several videos. Uh, because there are a lot of changes to discuss, and as uh, Matastrophic has uh, said, we have thoughts. So uh, those thoughts are going to take us some time to get out. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk. We're going to have one video talking about the chained and unchained list. We are going to have one video talking about the mutated list, and then we're going to have another video talking about some of the other uh, changes in the uh, FAQ that uh, we felt were noteworthy. So we're going to kick things off with a look at the Chained and Unchained list. The Chained and Unchained list underwent several uh, changes. We had uh, a whole bunch of cards uh, removed, uh, largely the uh, Dunwich Permanence, and we had uh, several cards added or uh, slightly modified. So we have uh, Pathfinder from the uh, Dunwich Legacy, which was uh, originally chained to have plus two experience. That has been lowered to plus one experience. So they slightly reduce the, uh, the amount of extra XP you have to play for Pathfinder. Thoughts on, uh, on that change? I like this change because I like Pathfinder as a card. And I think the game is in such a state now where if you're considering playing Pathfinder or Eon Chart, like that that's a pretty meaningful decision to make now um, because while, while, while pathfinder is you know kind of always on for the most part it, it doesn't provide you the same flexibility as a card like eon chart which is uh, kind of kind of a weird state in the game that we're at the point where we're considering pathfinder to not be one of the better movement options in the game oh my god well, I got to be honest, like during the Mr. Rook days, like Pathfinder seemed expensive, you know, back mm -hmm. when you were like, you know, when you were Mr. Rook for like five cards a turn or, <laughs> or, or whatever oh, Mandy man. was up to at the time. So, uh, yeah, it's like three, three cost. Oh, man, that's just, that's just, that's just way too much. I can't, I can't afford that. Yeah, I, feel, I don't know. I feel like Pathfinder was like appropriate at three. It's kind of tough with a taboo list and, and especially with Chained and Unchained because it doesn't actually, the Chained Unchained list doesn't actually change what the cards do. They just provide like an encouragement and or discouragement away from uh, you know playing the cards really. There's like this this like unquantifiable psychological factor that comes from just something being on the taboo list makes it 
taboo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's something that you can't really quantify with XP, which, which, which leaves some interesting stuff because it's like, this is the first time, this is like, is it the first time? No, it's not the first time that um, things have come off the taboo list entirely. And then it's like, does FFG want to play, want us to play them all the time now? Does, does FFG want us to just make higher education deck lists again? Like, is, is that what's going on? You know, like that right there is, is like more than a three XP change. Is that psychological factor, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As for Pathfinder, man, Seeker is just, just everything, everything in their deck needs to cost at least one more XP. I swear. Yeah, as a as a solo player, I have used Pathfinder extensively. I don't know if I actually paid much attention to when they tacked extra XP on it because playing solo is hard enough. Paying extra XP for cards is, especially in solo, is. I mean, you're already taxed playing solo for XP, so being double taxed is is rough. I'll probably just still play Pathfinder for whatever it costs without chaining it so i don't think this change will affect me very much now speaking of the big removals we had all of the dunwich legacy permanents removed higher education streetwise uh and what's the survivor one oh yeah but that one scrapper wasn't the problem one though no so i think the two big ones are higher education and streetwise what do we think about now they the in their release article the designers said that they were removing them because the game has reached a certain state where i guess the cards aren't a problem anymore personally i don't think i've seen cards that have made them not a problem Mm -hmm. they still seem as problematic as they always have been and nothing has been released that really changes that so i'm i'm um i the edge, the edge compulsion, the composures. I guess that's the one thing we can compare them to. But those were like six XP if you took two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like and you had to draw. permanent just makes those types of cards so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'd almost argue that it's even worse now because we have better ways of generating resources. <laughs> like when those cards were originally released, it's like emergency cash was sort of your de facto way of getting resources. But now you have things like Faustian Bargain and Crack the Case that can generate well more than three resources in a single yeah, action. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think my issue with these is that like by taking them off entirely, it's like it, you hit that, it creates, it crosses that psychological boundary. If they just mm-hmm. left all three of them at plus one experience, they would still be on the taboo list, which has that, you know, that taboo associated with it. When you mm-hmm. plop it down at a table, someone goes, "Ooh, that's tabooed," you know. And but you don't have that anymore because they took them off entirely. Yeah. So I'm like, eh. the the higher red okay. one is really the one that confuses me because that card is just so ridiculously pushed. Yeah, they didn't even like mutate it or anything. Like it's kind of silly. Yeah, that one was like. Especially now that like it's easier than ever to make like big hand decks that can hit the uh, five card, li- you know, the five yeah. card requirement. I mean, yeah. we've got cards now that are like that require eight in your hand, mm-hmm. you know, to like function at all. Yeah, and this one is like a permanent that costs only five. So, uh, f- has five requires five cards in your hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it would make more sense if like they really came down hard on some of the silly big hand stuff like dream, dream enhancing serum, but they mm-hmm. didn't. So, 
Yeah, and, and Streetwise, I think, kind of to the same effect. It's not. I don't know if it's as powerful, per se, as, oh. as higher yeah. ed. But I feel like in Rogue, it just it really homogenizes playing Rogue into I'm gonna play Streetwise and then play cards that support Streetwise. Because oh, so that one I can understand because back in the day around Dunwich, you had to play Streetwise as a Rogue because you didn't even have like lockpicks at that point. You know, like if you want to do any investigation at all you pretty much had to do streetwise. Mm -hmm. It's like the investigation tools, they've gotten so many more of them, like especially with like Kimani and um, like Thieves Kit and such. You know, they've gotten a lot of other ways. You get like Trish now and you got a lot of other ways to get clues. So you're not like locked into playing streetwise. And which is kind of weird that they would like taboo it because you were locked into playing it. I hate when companies do that. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> they, they, yeah, but, decided... but it's still one of the ways of doing oh, yeah, it. Oh yeah, because... yeah, yeah. Like by the numbers, it's great. Kind of wish they left that one on the list as well, but for a different reason than, um, you know, than higher education. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the problem with higher education, in my opinion, is that it's basically one of those square peg round hole solutions that, like, you just lean on it as a crutch and you don't really improve as an Arkham player and you don't really like. It encourages you to just blitz the game rather than like actually play the game or learn how to play the game or get better at the game or try to solve the puzzles that the game creates no i'm just gonna like throw my resources into higher ed and just play rex and just win the game well way faster than it like it ever intended you to yeah i think all the permanents kind of suffer from that to some extent yeah. i think except maybe keen eye and scrapper just because of the stats they boost and how they boost them yeah scrapper like those are the two combat stats and they kind of the two combat stats uh, combat and agility they just they don't they don't really mesh well together, you know, mm -hmm. on the same card. And plus they do one thing. They help you deal with enemies. Whereas like um higher ed it, it helps you deal with treacheries and advance the game yeah, state. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I always felt that uh scrappers always ended up sort of being guilty by association rather than you know, yeah. guilty for anything that it actually did to the game. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't played with higher education and Streetwise for quite a while. So, again, you know, will I suddenly start picking these cards up? Who knows? Mm. But, uh, it's a, I mean, it's a they, are, they are still very powerful for what they do. And... It feels like just taking them off the list altogether is, uh, I think I agree with you, Matastrophic, that maybe if they just left them at maybe plus one apiece, just to have that psychological impact that, hey, maybe you should reconsider try playing. Yeah, try yeah. other ideas. <laughs> like if, if that's what they, if that's what the designers intend for this list to do, and it seems by their, by the, uh, you know, little write-up they did with the announcement was that, you know, they they intend to use this list to push players to consider other ideas and to avoid sort of the tried-and-true ways of beating the game than, yeah. you know, singling out higher education in Streetwise and saying, okay, well, these are obviously good cards. Maybe try something different mm -hmm. would, be, would be good. But apparently they're not an issue anymore, so... <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I wonder if part of that entirely. is that players like in the community as a whole have sort of moved on from that, if that makes sense. 
like yes we we recognize that these things are good but we're gonna just not play with them anyway and i wonder if the designers sort of just take that into consideration when they think about that because i could see you know it's like you're restricting things on one end but you you want to also freshen up the list in such a way so you provide powerful tools in the opposite direction to allow players that want to experience those things to do so but i, I don't know it's like if you don't want to play with them you can always just house rule them well you can say that about the entire taboo list like yeah i mean that's yeah. very true but yeah i think specifically with those permanents it's very easy to be like hey can you not do that please <laughs> It doesn't, it literally does not affect your deck. <laughs> At all, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, enjoyed playing with the uh, Dunwich Permanents, well, now you can, uh, can do that again without having to spend uh, extra XP. One of the cards that has been added to the uh, Chained Unchained list is uh, Sharpshooter. It is now unchained at minus one experience point. Uh, just a quick reminder of what it does. Sharpshooter is a rogue asset. Two cost, uh, three XP, now down to two. It has a combat and agility skill icon, the talent trait. As a response, when you use a fight ability on a firearm asset, exhaust Sharpshooter. Choose one or both. This attack uses agility instead of combat. All modifiers to your combat for this attack modify your agility instead. And use the attacked enemy's evade value for this attack instead of their fight value. I think this goes back to, to what you were saying earlier, Matastrophic, about the fact that, you know, chaining and or unchaining cards doesn't actually change what the card does. It just changes the experience cost. Yeah. I don't know if many players were playing with Sharpshooter before, and I don't think subtracting one, minus one experience point or from it is going to persuade players to play it anymore because, frankly, the card's not very good to begin with. Like, um, there are a say lot of problems though. with it. I will say this, though. Her, I remember like, way back when Sharpshooter came out, I took one look at it, and I realized like it was not really doing anything that high roller wasn't doing and high roller is 2xp so at least it's like the same cost as like high roller and now we have dirty fighting you know years later mm -hmm. so at least you're not like punished for playing sharpshooter you know it's like it's more narrow it's kind of more narrow than like high roller but it doesn't have the, the resource cost to use so at least it's like the same xp now which is that's nice. It feels appropriate. Like I don't see this card being like one XP. I can yeah. see it being like five XP permanent, maybe. But that seems kind of neat. They probably leave it as a three XP permanent. Just oh yeah, as a three XP permanent. Is, yeah. Yeah, it's, sure. Because it is kind of the, narrow in its focus. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the problem is that the rogues that would want to take something like this either a already have a decent combat score in and of itself anyway, or b. Yep you're really only getting like a plus one, maybe a plus two boost. And it's like, is that yeah. really worth the amount of experience you're going to spend on this thing? And then sometimes yeah. in that situation, sure, you get a boost, but then the enemy also gets a boost because you have to use the enemy's evade value. Oh, well, you have that option. It's, it's optional. Is it? Yeah, take you got to like read it two times. You got to read it like five times to realize. Oh, choose, actually... choose one or both. I or see. both, okay. yeah. 
Yeah. So um, yeah, and I see why I see why this came out. Like it was for Winifred, and I guess the other thing it does is lets Winifred like throw in lots of uh, um agility icons to combat tests. Like I there's that there's that subtle bit there, and I'm like, oh, I get it. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But like, but rogues have it's so still... many wild skill icons. It's like just do that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I understand. Yeah. That's that's why I'm like. It feels about right at 2 XP because at least it's like if you want to go all in on the agility icon thing, like you're not punished for it by spending more XP than like the generic version, which is High Roller. It yeah, does so combo like, okay. nicely with Streetwise. So there's that if you're into that. I think, oh, so, oh, so the idea is you do a 5 XP Sharpshooter Streetwise combo. Mm-hmm. I think we just, re- I think we just solved it, Nate. We just, that, that must be what Nick and Nick and Duke are thinking. Yeah. And then you can use the the Derringer and get some extra actions. Yep, clearly. And, and then you double or nothing the uh, the Derringer to get like two extra actions. No, no, that's forbidden. You can't do that. No. Oh, I I I I literally can't see it because it's on a whole nother page. Personally, I would have preferred that they had mutated this to a permanent. Yeah. Rather than subtract yeah. the XP, largely because I think this card is is problematic because. A, you need a weapon in play before it actually yeah. does anything. So you end up in that situation where I've got to draw my firearm before I draw my sharpshooter. If I draw my sharpshooter first and no gun, then I've got to play the sharpshooter, which basically does nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah. spending an action and resources for a blank card at that point. I think the other problem is, you know, especially with somebody like Winifred, where you know, if they are using a firearm, they're not very good with that firearm without sharpshooter in play. So you're not, mm-hmm. you're sort of stuck with this inadequate weapon until you get the sharpshooter. Yep. So you're sort of trying to fight enemies with one arm tied behind your back, which mm-hmm. is not ideal either. And then, so, you know, giving sharpshooter the permanent keyword would have at least you know, okay, it's it's on the table, now I just need the gun, and, mm-hmm. you know, I can play as normal. I think maybe yeah. reducing the XP sort of brings it into line with some of the cards you guys were talking about, but, I mean, you can also just, if you're looking for skill boosts, you can pick up, you know, Lonnie Ritter, Delilah O'Rourke, any of those good allies that oh, will yeah. also boost your combat combat and do other stuff that is is good yeah i agree and and the other issue is that it's i think it exhausts right yeah you gotta exhaust it so it's like so it's it's good for one it's good for one shot and if you can't kill it in one shot then you're right back into that situation where okay now i'm fighting with my combat again which i didn't want to be doing in the first place Mm -hmm. so you know, if you yeah, can't I... kill the enemy in one shot, then you're in you're in trouble. So I just I feel like there's just too many problems with the card as is. Yeah, to... and, and and playing a second one doesn't feel great because you really get minimal benefit out of it. Oh yeah, you get to make two shots. <laughs> you get to... sure. And yeah, it's. I but if it worked on every shot, it'd probably be too good because you know, like I keep wanting to compare it to high roller that exhaust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this would be about right as a permanent. 3 XP permanent, what you get one shot each round. It's still a blank permanent until you find your weapon. So it's not mm-hmm. like higher ed or streetwise where it like turns on immediately. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, I think three XP as a permanent would be like kind of perfect for this. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because like you mm. said, you know, this this is contingent on something else being on the board to do stuff. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, like you said, like streetwise and higher ed just work, basically from yeah. turn zero. <laughs> from turn zero, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, for I... when you're Mandy and you you draw that uh you draw that treachery you know before you even take your first turn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so this is I think this this card more than any other sort of highlights why I have pro have troubles with the list of taboos because you know, people weren't playing this card because it costs too much XP most of the time. They weren't playing the card because the card doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do what players need it to do. And um, subtracting an XP from it doesn't fix that. It's still you're still running into all the issues that that uh, the card had in the first place. So, I mean, they've done this in the past where they have chained and unchained a card. I think it was like the Springfield was the first yep. card that they unchained and then later mutated it to actually do what players wanted it to do. So I could see Sharpshooter eventually yep. coming off the ch chained, unchained list and going on and being mutated to actually do something and solve the problem that needs Just... to be solved. Yep, just need to wait till August 2025. That's right. <laughs> since we're since we're only getting these updates once a year, which mm -hmm. is more problematic than anything, you know, I think it, just the lack of updates is really a, is a big issue. So, who knows, maybe maybe they will sort of address the issues with Sharpshooter itself and and not just dock the XP cost cuz that I don't think that would have. That's not going to change my mind whether to play the card or not. It's what the card does, mm -hmm. and and I don't think the the card does enough at the moment to. Uh, yeah, well, that's been true that. about like the entirety of the taboos. Is they seem to take a pretty conservative approach, and they have infrequent updates. Like I can see taking a conservative approach, like a stair step approach, but having like frequent updates. Mm -hmm. You know, or you take, or you have rare updates, and you take like big you know make big steps and big changes but conservative and infrequent is kind of kind of problematic so there were a couple of other cards added to the list this time uh, chained the first was uh, runic axe which had its uh, upgrade the inscription of the hunt uh, chained to add plus one xp weird wording yeah so it's like is it two check boxes then i guess yeah, I guess that works. So this one's actually kind of interesting because it cuts down on the number of co on the possible combinations that your runic axe can have when it's fully buffed at at ten check boxes. So this one's kind of interesting. I think this is the type of stuff where like a taboo list and chaining actually works. Mm. You know, because, because you're changing the available combos. Yeah. You know, at 10. Yeah, that's kind of that one's interesting. That's kind of like how a miniatures game they'll like change the point values of like different units mm -hmm. in order to like in order to like kind of control what is available, you know, at the edge cases to the players. Mm -hmm. So like this is kind of interesting. It means you can't go like full on a ten XP one. I haven't played with Runic Axe very much, but I knew it was pretty mighty when it was fully powered. And I guess this means that if you want to play Inscription of the Hunt, you have to dump I'm guessing elders. You know, the one that discovers clues. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 
just as a reminder, inscription of the hunt is the one that you may immediately move to a connecting location or engage an enemy at your location, and it mm -hmm. costs one XP. So now it will cost you two XP, I guess, to okay to get that, so, which will make you have to choose make a choice as to if you're going full on with the axe, mm -hmm. you'll have to give up something. Okay, that that makes sense because like looking at the axe, I, I admit I admit I haven't played it very much, but. I mean, you can stack. What do we got here? You can, if you stack glory, elders, and hunt all together. Oh yeah, and then you gotta like use script weaver. So now you're looking at seven. Okay, so if you do like set, that's seven check boxes right there. You get glory, elders, hunt, script weaver. Then basically all you all you have left is like ancient power or saga. Now I admit I'm not an expert at this, but stacking glory, elders, and hunt that's a lot of action compression. A lot of action compression because you're looking at what drawing a card and discovering a clue and moving and engaging. That's five actions worth of effort in one act, and you know, plus the fight test itself. That's like five actions worth of effort in one action. That's kind of a lot. And it sounds like, yeah, looking at it, because the other action compression, all the other action compression abilities are one checkbox as well, that kind of means that adding an XP to a hunt kind of makes okay, it's kind of like worth, you know, a you have to like basically give up another action's worth of compression, kinda. Okay, uh, yeah, sort of ramble there, but thinking, but like short version is like this. This seems about right, like for what a chain list could do. Well, you know, it's like you're you're doubling you because you're because you have to dump something else. The final card that was added to the list is Shed a Light from uh, the Scarlet Keys Investigator expansion. I don't think. Uh... This comes as a as a surprise to uh, anybody that it now costs uh, plus two XP because it was one of the best uh, clue discovery cards, one of the best level zero clue discovery cards in the game as written. Just as a reminder, shed a light. Survivor event insight trick trait costs two resources. Tests icons are intellect and agility fast play before revealing a chaos token during the investigation you are performing and only if the difficulty of this test is currently zero this test automatically succeeds you discover one additional clue at this location and one additional clue at any location so you could discover three clues with this thing i know that both matastrophic and i when we did our reviews i think we did we give this one a curse token no, we gave it an elder sign. We gave um, it an elder sign, but yeah, yeah. it's clearly, clearly above the uh, the curve in terms of power. Yeah. That being said, Nate, have you played with uh, Shadow Light very much? <laughs> yeah, this card is so stupid. <laughs> oh my god! You activate <laughs> flashlight. I get three clues. Why does that work? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I thought why, about Shadow why why this bit. card ever left the printing. I know, man. I've I've thought about Shadow Light a bit. So what's interesting about Shadow Light is that it costs two, but so does Look What I Found. And I think Shadow Light is in an interesting position in that it has to be because it takes more effort to get to Shadow Light. It has to be. It has to do more than Look What I Found. You see what I mean? I guess like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I that's, don't think it's I, that I, hard to find yeah. a two shroud location with a flashlight. I'm just saying, like, this is the mind... I'm just trying to get into the mind of the designers here. Now, one thing I will say, though, is I think they're doing a lot of beating around the bush and not putting freaking scavenging on the uh, taboo list because that's the enabler of, like, a lot of crap. You like, know? Like, 
I think the problem with putting a card like Scavenging on the list is that you basically you kill that entire deck. Yeah, that's kind of the problem you run into. Yeah. Um, yes, but Scavenging kind of leads to a lot of weird stuff, you know? Like It does, yeah. Especially Scavenging level 2. I think that's what they're kind of beating around the bush, you know, I think. I, I wonder if what they really what they really want to do and they can't is like certain other games have done something called like a pod system where you say like there's like three cards in this pod you can only play one of the three so the idea is to break up combos so mm-hmm. you say like well if you play satellite you can't also play scavenging or you know or if you play or vice versa you know mm-hmm. like that I, I wonder if like that's where, where they really need to go here because that's where the problems really start occurring it's not it's not so much satellite in itself especially if you only play it twice a game you know like it's not so bad but when you start recurring it and then you start recurring all the you start recurring all the other tools that enable the shadow light, you know, so you get like resourceful and resourceful scavenging old key ring flashlight level three. And you're just like getting them back, you know, with, Mm -hmm. um, by playing either Yorick or like survivor cards that that's when things get ridiculous. Yeah. Like uh, the fact that it combos with other stuff that you were going to play anyway, like what in the is this card even doing? Which, which is kind of an interesting thought because later on in this list, they, like I think in the announcement video, in the announcement article as well, they like specifically mention like it's uh, burn after reading, playing it like multiple, playing it like eight times. Mm-hmm. It's like so if you're putting stuff in the taboo list because you can play it like eight times, why don't you look at how you get there? You know, like scavenging. Mm. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get to that. It's interesting that you mentioned the pod system because, I mean, that's the system they used for the old Call of Cthulhu LCG where they had their list and they said, okay, you can play one of the cards on this list. So say if you were to put Shed of Light on there with the things that recur Shed of Light, then you have a choice to make. Now, the problem with that approach is it often is basically a soft ban on... Mm -hmm. The card, the the least of the cards, the card yeah. in the combo that is not the one that's the best, simply gets mm-hmm. soft banned because nobody yeah. will ever choose that card. Mm-hmm. But I think in this case, shed a light was just was too good to begin with. Yeah, especially when to... you have like Dar- like was it Daryl? He's like got an inbuilt flashlight. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. That that's how I played it. As I put it in my Daryl deck, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Wow, I beat the scenario in five turns." That doesn't seem right. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, and also the fact that you get three clues in one action, and one of them can be at another location, so you kind of break at the any location. What? The yeah, fuck? that's true. Yeah, so you kind of because like if it was three clues at the same location, like at least you'd have some inbuilt limit there. Like you gotta have clues at the location in order to get it. You know, like yeah, in order it, to get the full it's, value. It's so silly. Yeah, that's true. It's oh, so right, silly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I, I what surprises me is like, why don't they just throw remove from the game after use onto a card like this if they don't want you to recur it? Well, th- that's I, I I was actually literally gonna get into like the problem with that later on, but we'll talk about it later on. Like, if you slap remove from game on everything, like, shouldn't you just look at how they're getting recurred? You know, if that's like the answer, you know. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the that's the issue with all the survivor cards is that. Recursion, yeah. Recor- yeah. recursion is part of the survivor package, and so yeah. when you end up with cards like this, and the fact that you can recur cards like this, you end up with degenerate combos, and and yeah. so far they seem to want to try to address not the recursion part 
probably because if they tinkered with that, you end up breaking a lot of things. I mean, you yeah. break a and lot of survivor decks rather than just Daryl, possibly. Yeah, plus the fact that they would have to address like scavenging and like resourceful and Yorick and cycling your deck from running out of cards. You know, like they'd have to like do that. But the taboo list would be much shorter if they did. Shed of Light, no real surprise that this one ended up on the uh, on the list. It was pretty clear from first gl glance that this thing was uh, was pushed a little too much. And mm -hmm. I mean, you just look at it and say, oh, I can discover three clues. And then I can yeah. discover clues at any location. I mean, that's just, there's no other card that does not... Now, there's one other card I did want to talk about on the chained, unchained list that's been on the list for a while, and that is Knowledge is Power. I am surprised at this point that they simply haven't banned that card. Because yeah, this card is so stupid. It is causing, oh, as they as they acknowledge in the uh, yeah. announcement for the taboo list, that uh, some of the other changes on the list are <laughs> as a result of Knowledge is Power. And so... I feel at this yeah. point that perhaps it's just time to to send it packing with the double or nothing as a yeah it's, it's, a, it's, that and the Necronomicon should both oh yeah good. and the Necronomicon that's true yeah the, the Necronomicon just causes so many other issues it causes sleight of hand to get tabooed you know, like over and over again yeah it's like sleight <laughs> of hand is a, now all of a sudden a problem because of the Necronomicon knowledge of power is a problem because of this card like anything that generates secrets is a problem which is like most mm. of more recent seeker cards yeah that's do true that a lot of recent stuff yeah yeah that's true plus if you're playing if you're running knowledge is power like you're breaking something you know what I'm saying? Like, right like the, the you're getting something the for card nothing. is to ignore the cost of something else yes yeah exactly like and, a, a card like that by design is always going to be bad yeah, it's always going to be problematic. So yeah, I mean, like, it. it reminds me of for anyone that's played Magic and is aware of a card called Hypergenesis, which just allows you to dump creatures into play for no cost. Like, oh, it's yeah. that kind of silly nonsense. Or oh, yeah, Ancestral so like... Vision, where you just cascade into it for free. It's like, uh, that's not how this should work. Yeah, and that's that's true with a lot of card games. Anytime you can like just you know um, break the resource curve, like you're gonna have trouble. This is a problem in it's a problem in Lord of the Rings with uh, Vilya. Um, it's a problem. It was a problem in Game of Thrones with things that you could like cheat into play. Man, it's a problem. As you say, it's a problem with Magic: The Gathering. I'd imagine every card game you just cheating cost curves just like is kind of ridiculous and mm -hmm. needs to be banned. What's interesting about the like the way they describe you know what's going on with Knowledge's Power. Is like it means that they didn't that this the date of this list when they decided what was going to go on it was before Valentin Valentin's min deck that was like it used knowledge's power on like an investigate tome to get lots of investigate actions, <laughs> and but then you do it an infinite amount of times. Yeah, it's like was it the 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 grimoire you know mm -hmm. like the from from. The grimoire from uh from Scarlet Keys. So you could tell, like, okay, so they hadn't read Valentin's deck yet. And then they hadn't read my deck that did it in Lola for to hilarious effect. And then they didn't they then it means they also didn't, you know, look at like some other Ursula decks that do the exact same thing, but in Ursula. And they're you know but yeah, so they just had it's like 
Knowledge's power just breaks everything it touches. Yeah, uh, and I think the, the I think the card that they mentioned in the article was Earthly Serenity is the card that broke the camel's back. They were like, yep. "Can't oh, have you infinite get, healing." <laughs> you get infinite healing? Oh no! Now we have to. Uh, oh no! No, that's it. That's it. But infinite actions? No, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We could we could we could say infinite actions, looping it over and over. You know, playing that a zillion times. That's great. But can't have infinite healing. Can't yeah, can't do that. So. Yep. Yeah. And pl- and as we've been saying, plus adding a couple experience to it doesn't doesn't matter you know no. people still buy it and you can still abuse it it works just like, as well 2xp so. is like an average upgrade in most decks and it's like this card is easily worth 2xp yeah no <laughs> yeah. so uh, perhaps also we makes will mystics jealous <laughs> yeah i i well i've i've gone out of my way to get this in mystic decks because it's so good you know it's just it's i think i played it in a hachi deck and it was like this is an amazing card love it yeah so yeah there are there were quite a few changes to the un the chained unchained list quite a few cards came off oh we forgot to mention switchblade level what is it level two yep it came off but a lot of us were wondering why it was there anyway so well maxine did did say why and this is something that I think is a bit, like speaks to the larger philosophy behind at least the creation of the taboo list under Maxine. Now, Nick and Duke might be going a different direction with this, but it's been my understanding that at least half, like at least half of what we see here is based on what the playtesters experience in playtesting the, uh, the forthcoming expansion. And Maxine did specify that Switchblade was on the list because of Tony Morgan. Mm-hmm. The list with Switchblade on it, you know, came out well before Tony Morgan, but then later Tony Morgan hit, and they were like, "Well, Tony Morgan is only using Switchblades, so we guess we got to rein in the Switchblade," you know, because one XP provides that psychological tabooness that means that people will try things besides Switchblade. Mm-hmm. That the power of it chaining one is like kind of big, and. uh that's that's how it went there, and I guess now Tony Morgan is, uh, yeah, I guess I guess he's just a nobody. So uh, I guess nobody likes Tony anymore. So don't have to chain it. Everybody, get out, get out your dust off your Tony Morgan decks. Get your switchblades switch <laughs> out and and go to town. It's uh, yeah. but I think the real reason is that um, it's kind of silly how in the U.S. that you could just have like Gatling guns and like rifles and stuff, but with no taboo associated with those. But like a switchblade, can't can't have that. That's taboo. That's gonna do it for our look at the uh, chained and unchained list that was uh, released in the new FAQ. Let us know what you think about it in the comments down below. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, any final thoughts, guys, on uh, the chained and unchained list? As I've said, I think numerous times throughout the course of these reviews is that I don't really like the change and unchained list. It does not solve the problems that I find with these cards, which is just the the text on them itself is too strong. Mm-hmm. And tacking on some extra experience just feels punishing as a solo player. It doesn't feel like it's trying to curb the power of the game. It just feels like I'm being punished because I'm not playing extra copies of delve too deep or whatever to get the extra xp i need to now play Um, the cards i want to put in my deck i think what 
changing XP tries to do but fails to do is act like how um, how points uh, point adjustments in minis games work. Where if you take this one thing, it costs more, and thus you're unable to do a different option as a result. The problem is, um, thanks to like campaigns, we're you know giving a different you know, different amounts of experience. Thanks to ways of getting extra experience. Thanks to um, things like down the rabbit hole, where you can kind of cheat the experience curve. Thanks to in the thick of it, that doesn't really work. It doesn't like XP in Arkham doesn't really work like a like the limited resource that the chained list thinks it does. However, Runic Axe, that does work because you actually have a limit of 10 checkboxes. So if you take Inscription of the Hunt, all of a sudden it costs double, and that means that that is another checkbox you cannot check because mm -hmm. there is a cap on the number of checkboxes you can have. So I guess what I'm getting at is that I feel like the chain list, what it really wants to do is be more like um, pods from Call of Cthulhu, where if you take this thing, you can't take the other thing. I think that's what it thinks it's doing, but it can't seem to. Um, it it doesn't actually work that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, cards like, probably be more effective. I, I think, think what you're saying, Matastrophic, is that you want all cards to be customizable cards going forward. Oh, oh hell no! So then you can then you can <laughs> chain them and unchain them and make it so you can manipulate the. Oh my god! That uh, sounds yeah. awful. That sounds actually awful. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree with you, Matastrophic. I yeah. think that the chained and unchained list is sort of trying to be that pod idea that they were using in the yeah. old Call of Cthulhu game, where it basically said, oh, you want to play Nyarlathotep? You can't play this other card because the, the interaction between the two is not is is bad. It's too overpowered. Yeah, Tacking on XP doesn't change the power of the card, either for good or ill. I mean... You tack a bunch yeah. of extra XP on the Necronomicon, it's still the Necronomicon, it's still busted as hell. You reduce the XP cost on Sharpshooter and Rite of Equilibrium, there's still bad cards that people <laughs> aren't going to play. So yeah. what's the point, right? Mm -hmm. To me, it, it's just it's not doing the thing that they want it to do. And so... I think what we have seen over the course of several facts is that the the chained and unchained list keeps getting smaller because they keep having to mutate cards to actually do what they want to do. Mm -hmm. But they seem yep. reluctant to want to do that because then the mutated list gets too long and you're forcing players to remember multiple changes. Mm. So I think it was a, a good attempt you know, it was worth the effort, like worth seeing if this worked, but XP is not a limited resource in this game. And so trying to manipulate it, like, I think it's one of those things, like it's a dial, right? It's a dial that you can fiddle with to see if it will change things. And I think we've been fiddling with it now for several years at this point. And the problem cards are still problem cards. Knowledge is power is still screwing up the design space. So time to, yeah. time to I think, move away from it. Yeah, I, I wonder if part of it is that I think on average level zero cards are so good now. Yes, that I agree. Tacking on two experience to knowledge is power doesn't really do anything at all yep. to your deck. Like, yep. okay, 
all I need is knowledge is power in the Necronomicon, and now all of a sudden my deck does exactly Next what time. it needs to do. Cool. That costs 12 experience versus 8. Sure, whatever. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, like that's the problem. Like, it, it doesn't actually address anything for the mm -hmm. most part, and I think part of that is just because level 0 cards now are just so good. Yeah, and that, yeah, because there's so many of them, and there's been power creep over the years that, yeah, it it actually comes up when I when I build and try to upgrade decks mid campaign a lot. Actually, it's like I look at you know I look at the level zero cards and I'm like, I'm I'm not I, I'm not replacing this, you know, like because there's nothing like because it does what it it does what it does and there's no higher level version of it that happens you know quite a bit, mm -hmm. and so I guess I don't do it. You know, I guess I just put my XP into I don't know better skill cards that's usually what ends mm -hmm. up happening or permanents i just go right to permanents that's it yeah and yeah, those are cheaper now so that i guess that xp funnel is not as not there for me as much anymore because <laughs> i can't spend as much xp on permanents because the done which ones are okay mm. <laughs> yeah i the only the only world that i see using xp as some sort of dial to control the game would be a if we were all playing with Dunwich Legacy experience, where experience was tight. Mm -hmm. Unlike today's scenarios where you can just earn bucket loads of XP and you got rid of all the XP boosters, like in the thick of it, down the rabbit mm -hmm. hole, delve too deep, anything that gives you extra experience. So it actually, one or two experience actually matters. There is but one way this, to do that. And that's if the individual scenarios themselves had XP caps. That would be the, that'd be the way to do it. Scenario five of Dunwich Legacy, your XP cap is fifteen. Then it would work. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like they've created like they're manipulating experience without actually having any understanding of how the experience system is working in the game, yeah. and thus they are failing to this these sort of adjustments are failing to address the problem because they're adjusting a resource that isn't actually a resource yeah. in the game yeah it isn't as actually as limited as it seems to assume it is but, uh, let us know in the comments down below what you think of uh, chained and unchained and we'll be back with our look at the lengthy list of mutated cards so stay tuned for that that's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.